0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Facebook family. This is Christy Sol, the co-founder of The Post Institute, coming at you live on this fabulous Friday GIF and look at me it's two days in a row where I actually know what day it is I'm feeling good about that (laughs) You know sometimes you just have to break it down to the smallest little element to be able to feel like we're having an accomplishment. So my accomplishment, I've had a lot of accomplishments today, but one of them is to be able to know what day of the week it is. So (laughs) I hope you guys are doing great tonight. And thank you for joining me for the best little parenting show on the internet. I see some names popping up, folks watching. And hello to everyone. Hi, Mary. I see you there. Hi Janet. Hi Gareth. How are you? It's so good to see your name. Uh, and I just want to let you know specifically Gareth, I always appreciate. Um, you always have a, not always, I shouldn't say that. I always try to always see I keep saying that. I like to try to stay a word away from absolute words like always, never uh, what other ones are there, but I know, uh, I enjoy the sense of humor that you often bring to the comments, and, um, I know you and Brian have had a chance to meet and hang out a little bit, and that just, um, I don't know, there's something about that, it just creates this sense of family that I really appreciate, so of course I want to take a second To plug these books, uh, Brian's book, From Fear to Love, the best place to get this, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our website, postinstitute.com, but the absolute best place to get this book is feartolovebook.com. It is where we have it on promotion for $7.95, and when you purchase there, you automatically get an audio version, and uh, you also get a bonus podcast, so that's pretty cool. Then, also, this book right here, Brian's book, The Great Behavior Breakdown, you can get that on Amazon as well as postinstitute.com and our newest addition to our book publications, uh, The Fear to Love Workbook. Now, it's a little tricky. The printed version is only available right now on Amazon. We have an ebook version on our website and we are working to get it. In house in print so that we can ship it direct to you guys so if you want the printed version of this incredible workbook and it is incredible be prepared um, it will take you a little deep it'll take you a little deep uh, but that is what this work is all about right it's about going deep going deep into our own healing going deep into understanding the effects of trauma um, because the more we understand ourselves and the more we understand our children, the more we understand the blueprints that are stored in our subconscious from our own pre birth and early life experiences, then that will help us be able to understand why we react the way we do and why we may have troubles. Being uh, able to respond, being able to calm our brain and respond to certain things, it'll help us understand what why certain things are triggering to us. Um, did you know that just because something's triggering to you doesn't mean it's going to be triggering to every adult in the world? So, <laughs> and that's because we all have these different blueprints back here in our brain that tells us about the world. Um, it's actually said by um, John Bowlby that zero to three. The zero to three relationships and zero to three experiences create the blueprint for all future relationships. That's pretty significant, isn't it? And so the more we can understand the impact of trauma, it will help inform us to understand what our children are needing. So um, the topic that I picked today has to do with continuing with where we were at the beginning of the year when we were talking about the handouts, talking about exploring the position of our heart, talking about things that we get fearful about, um, and how those things that we get fearful about then can interfere with the relationship that we have with our children. And part of what sparked it of several things, but, um, we had a post on our Facebook page that, uh, I think it was like the most recent one today that just, it's pretty simple and says, we all want our children to respect and obey. Um, but we'd like for that to be out of love and not out of fear. And so what that also means is that we have to parent out of love and not out of fear. I think where it gets confusing is that we have been taught, many, for many of us in our upbringing, um, many of the things that our parents did, calling it love, actually were coming from a place of fear. And so... Over the generations and generations, we have gotten a little bit confused about what love looks like. We've gotten confused about how can we love unconditionally? How do we let our children know that we love them even when they're making mistakes? How do we let them know that we're proud of them just because with no reason at all that we just love them and we're proud of them and just being is enough? that our love isn't based on whether they scored a touchdown or whether or not they made the team or what their grades are, that our love truly is unconditional and without strings um, to the extent. And this was a post I made a few days back, but I feel very strongly that this needs to be said out loud because this model is so about love and our experiences in this model just happen just so happen by coincidence that having strong loving safe secure relationships has also evolved into changes in behavior that said if you are loving with the intent of changing behavior that's not love that's manipulation And I have to say it out loud, so I said it there. (laughs) I said it out loud. If you are loving and you're looking for, and you're saying, you know, in your mind, this should change the behavior, then that's not really love. That's another point of being able to say that sometimes we get it confused. That is still fear. That's just fear disguised as something a little more sophisticated, but it's still manipulation. Like consequences and rewards, that's manipulation. Uh, punishment that's manipulation these are all things that we have used as tools so to speak to try to change the behavior of people and most often children and our children who come from tough places who have sensitive amygdalas who have have a i think of it as a pilot light i mean like i literally imagine a little pilot back there and their pilot lights run hot and it doesn't take much it doesn't take much sometimes for that to flip that switch and for the amygdala be, to be hijacked and for their brains to get overwhelmed with cortisol and stress hormones. The beautiful thing is that loving, safe relationships also help build a hormone called oxytocin. And oxytocin has the ability to modulate the stress hormones over time, according to Dr. Bruce Perry. Safe, loving Relationships and safe environments over time have the ability to create change at the brain level. And so, um, a lot of times, I I mean, I've read people say I loved them and it didn't change anything. But you can't always tell where the seeds that you plant, where they're going to grow. You can give people gifts, but you can't tell them when to open them or how to use them. That's how it works. So we plant the seeds. Brian calls it love weed seeds. He's like, just sprinkle those all over the place, you know? Every chance you get, love on your babies. And what that looks like is different for every family. Your family's language of love is going to look different than my family's language of love. So you have to trust what you know about your children. I always go to touch because our skin is our largest organ. It's also full of receptors, and I personally am—I, you know—touch is one of my languages of love. You know, so you know, hugs and you know, a nice little pat on the leg and, you know, it's just, it's part of how I grew up. My, both of my parents are very touchy feely. My dad's a very touchy feely person. And so that was always, um, that was always a way that love was conveyed in my world. But I also know that not everybody is comfortable with touch. So how you create soothing and connection in your family is unique to your family. Remember that the more calm amygdala has the ability to create calm for everyone. So um, that means our self-care is important. And that also means that when you think about how do I create connection with my child, you know, if your language of love is different than their language of love, then you're going to have to go on an exploration to be able to find what is their avenue for soothing any of our sensory pathways can be avenues for soothing. Just like they can be avenues for triggers, they can also be avenues for soothing. For some people, it's their own touching, touching of others or touching of something. So there's a tactile process that can feel soothing to some people. For some people, it's taste. For some people, it's smell. And I'll be honest with you, I was one who was like essential oil, essential chmoil. I don't know if I'm buying it. Well, I'm buying it now. I mean, I've, I personally have experienced positive effects from using essential oils and, and I know other people who have. And so it, you know, the olfactories bypass so many parts of the brain to be able to activate other elements in our brain. So I'm a believer and I encourage you to do your own research and make your own decision about that. Um, so we're talking about touch, smell, taste, sight, hearing, um, digestion, thoughts. All of it can be triggers, and all of it is avenues to create soothing. And so, working with your child to identify the pathways of soothing that best suit them is a, it is a, a worthy pursuit. It is a worthy pursuit. Creating routines, especially when they're young, creating routines that are where you are part of their soothing process. So that you are an external soothing element in their life is very important and also very helpful that way when stress comes later in life you have these rituals that you can come back to um i've told you guys many times when my daughter was little and she moved from breastfeeding um we how we made that shift was then we went to reading books and so we would snuggle up and read together and For many years, we did that at night. And then after she got older and I didn't get to do that anymore because she told me she didn't need that anymore in times of high stress or in times for us, uh, one of the big stressors is uh, our medical issues. When those things come up, sometimes we we get to go back to that um, because it has so many positive, there's so many positive associations for both of us around it, that it's very calming and soothing for both of us. It brings both of us back to a place of a sense of reassurance internally that everything's going to be okay, that somehow it's going to be all right. Um, Debbie says, Mine is sensory with squeezing, pushing, physical, but not on his terms. Oh, but on his terms, not on surprise. Sees it as a control, but over years he is becoming more touchy Interesting, piggybacking up to bedtime every night. Oh, so one of the things that you guys do is you give him a piggyback ride to bed every night. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. That is so fun. So yeah, finding those fun, you know, ways to um, ways to inject elements of playfulness. Um, it's interesting that you said um, sensory was squeezing and pushing, physical. But it has to be on his terms. And I think for you, Debbie, to be attuned to that is a really valuable thing. It makes me think about, um, I'm sure that there are people, and there may be people watching right now. I know that there are people in our network who are very well-versed in occupational therapy. Trauma-informed occupational therapy is very valuable. Um, many are. Many of our children have different tactile um sensitivities and they have lots of sensory issues that is often directly related to the womb experience. That very sensitive amygdala can create lots of sensory um, sensitivities and so um, even consulting or reading about trauma-informed occupational therapy can give you some insights into things that you can do. I know like for some uh, using like a hairbrush You know, a hairbrush on the arm. Uh, One of my favorite places to be tickled and scratched is like, is one of my favorite. I'm uh, Okay, now I'm just gonna get lost. Like I get to sit here and scratch my forearm forever. Everybody has different things. Hand massages, foot massages, leg rubs, explore. Explore and respect their boundaries as you do it so that you can come across what the most preferred avenue for soothing is and as much as possible for you to be a part of that so that they see you as a place of comfort and safety and security, because as they get older, that's gonna be really important as they get older to be able to have enough relationship that when they start going through, I just had an incredible coaching call with a mom today, and that's part of what brought all this up is the reality that as our children get older, And they start exploring some of the things that adults do for soothing. And usually those things have potential for addiction, like smoking and drinking and drugs and, you know, all of that. Sex, all these things that they start to explore have their often double-edged swords. And so we have... When we have these early life experiences and these foundational pieces where they see us as a source of comfort, soothing and protection, and they have a deep understanding that we have their best interest at heart, that doesn't mean we always agree, but truly in my heart of hearts, I have your absolute best interest at mind, then that helps to create fertile soil so that when they are tweens and teens and they start exploring and experience experimenting and stepping into elements of autonomy which are natural through biology that they come to us they come to us as they're making those decisions so that we can provide guidance because we have enough connection So when we say that we want our children to respect and obey out of love, that comes from the relationship out of love that we create with them. And part of that is for us to take the time to explore, especially for children who come from tough places, who have those sensitivities, to explore what their avenues for soothing are so that they then are able to see that we are a piece of what helped them feel better, what helps them feel safe. So all of this has to come from the examination of the position of our heart. And that comes from exploring our own blueprints, understanding our own fears, understanding our own triggers, so that then we can understand what's ours, what we are bringing to the table, what we're bringing to the equation, so to speak, And what is our children's? Because a lot of times if our children do something and we get triggered, the situation becomes all about us. When we have these things, uh, it's never separated, so I don't want to make it sound like it just gets all that clear. But when we have a clear idea of what it is that is triggered within us from our own blueprints, it's from that point that we can put that aside and be present for our children when they're having challenges. Until we're able to do that, when they have challenges and we get hijacked, then everything starts becoming about us and we're not able to be present and supportive for our children. So our message today is packed with a ton, tons of little things for you to grab onto. Pick one. Pick one, focus on that, explore it, meditate on it, pray on it, um, and let it percolate in your system as you work towards growing more loving, more safe, um, connected relationships with your children. I hope that at some point today, if you haven't already, that you take everything you worry about, everything you've been fussing about, everything you've been fretting about, everything you've been teaching about, and put it to the side, And just enjoy your children. Just enjoy them. Just enjoy their quirky little selves, their funny little selves, their growing little selves. Their little selves that think they know everything, but yet, you know, they're still not there yet. Just kick back and enjoy it. Don't worry about it so much. Time's on our side. Time's on our side. Build relation. Just focus on building that relationship and building that safety. And lots of beautiful things will grow from that over time. And remember what Brian tells us. In any given moment, we can act out of those blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. It can happen to us any minute. It can happen to any of us. We can take one to two to three to sometimes 10, sometimes 30 deep breaths. Take those deep breaths until you feel the calm. The reason for the deep breaths is... The first thing that we all do when we are stressed subconsciously, the first thing we do is we hold our breath and that causes our thinking to be distorted and confused, causes our short-term memory to be suppressed. If you can just get the first breath in, then you'll be surprised because then you can get the second one and the third and you'll begin to feel calm, enter your body and a little more calm and from that place we can choose love. Much love to you. I hope you guys have a blessed weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's Best Selling Book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com. That's www.feartolovebook.com.